Hello everyone to Cade's commentary on gospel topics where this is my sole opinion on the teachings from the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints and it's not sponsored by the church and I hope you enjoy and feel the spirit as you listen to this podcast. Hi, thanks for having me Caden. Uh, my name is Jared um, and I just... A little bit about myself, I've just grown up here in Utah, northern Utah my whole life, um, but I did serve a mission in the Georgia-Atlanta North Mission um, for two years, and now I'm back here, so thanks. So today we're going to be reading from First Nephi chapter 3, like normal, we're going to read the heading and then I'll read the chapter and we'll talk about it. It says, Lehi's sons returned to Jerusalem to obtain the plates of brass. Laban refuses to give the plates up. Nephi exhorts and encourages his brethren. Laban steals their property and attempts to slay them. Laban and Nemuel smite Nephi and Sam and are reproved by an angel. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, returned from speaking with the Lord to the tent of my father. And it came to pass that he spake unto me, saying, Behold, I have dreamed a dream. In the which the Lord hath commanded me that thou and thy brethren shall return to Jerusalem. For behold, Laban hath the records of the Jews, and also a genealogy of my forefathers, and they are engraven upon plates of brass. Wherefore the Lord hath commanded me that thou and thy brothers should go unto the house of Laban, and seek the records, and bring them down hither into the wilderness. Now behold, thy brothers murmur, saying, It is a hard thing which I have required of them, but behold, I have not required it of them, but it is commandment, commandment of the Lord. Therefore go, my son, and thou shalt be favored of the Lord, because thou hast not murmured. And it came to pass, I, Nephi, said unto my father, I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded, for I know that the Lord giveth no commandments unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them, that they may accomplish the thing which he commanded them. And it came to pass that when my father had heard these words, he was exceedingly glad, for he knew that I had been blessed of the Lord. And I, Nephi, and my brethren took our journey in the wilderness with our tents to go to the land of Jerusalem. And it came to pass that when we had gone up to the land of Jerusalem, I and my brethren did consult one with another, and we cast lots. Who of us should go in unto the house of Laban? And it came to pass that the lot fell upon Laban. And Laban went in unto the house of Laban, and he talked with him as he sat in his house. And he desired of Laban the records, which were engraven upon the plates of brass, which contained the genealogy of my father. And behold, it came to pass that Laban was angry and thrust him out from his presence, and he would not that he should have the records, wherefore he said unto him, Behold, thou art a robber, and I will slay thee. But Laman fled out of his presence, and told the things which Laban had done unto us. And we began to be exceedingly sorrowful, and, and my brethren were about to return unto my father in the wilderness. But behold, I said unto them, That as the Lord liveth, and as, as we live, we will not go down unto our father in the wilderness until we have accomplished the thing which the Lord hath commanded us. Wherefore, 
Let us be faithful in keeping the commandments of the Lord. Therefore, let us go down to the land of our father's inheritance. For behold, he left gold and silver and all manner of riches. And all this he hath done because of the commandments of the Lord. For he knew that Jerusalem must be destroyed because of the wickedness of the people. For behold, they have rejected the words of the prophets. Wherefore, if my father should dwell in the land after he hath been commanded to flee out of the land. Behold, he would also perish, wherefore it must needs be that he flee out of the land. And behold, it is wisdom in God that we should obtain these records, that we may preserve unto our children the language of our fathers, and also that we may preserve unto them the words which have been spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets, which have been delivered unto them by the Spirit and power of God, since the world began even down into this present time. And it came to pass that after this manner of language did I persuade my brethren that they might be faithful in keeping the commandments of God. And it came to pass that we went down to the line of our inheritance, and we did gather together our gold and our silver and our precious things. And after we had gathered these things together, we went up again unto the house of Laban. And it came to pass that we went in unto Laban, and desired him that he would give unto us the records which were engraven upon the plates of brass, for which we would give unto him our gold and our silver and all our precious things. And it came to pass that when Laban saw our property, and that it was exceedingly great, he did lust after it, insomuch that he thrust us out and sent his servants to slay us, that he might obtain our property. And it came to pass that we did flee before the servants of Laban, and we went and we were obliged to leave behind our property, and it fell into the hands of Laban. And it came to pass that we fled into the wilderness, and the servants of Laban did not overtake us, and we did hide ourselves in the cavity of a rock. And it came to pass that Laban was angry with me, and also with my father, and also was Lemuel. For he had hearkened unto the words of Laban. Wherefore, Laban and Lemuel did speak many hard words unto us, their younger brothers, and they did smite us even with a rod. And it came to pass, as they smote us with a rod, behold, an angel of the Lord came and stood before them. And he spake unto them, saying, Why do ye smite your younger brother with a rod? Know ye not that the Lord hath chosen him to be a ruler over you, and this because of your iniquities? Behold, ye shall go up to Jerusalem again, and the Lord will deliver Laban into your hands. And after the angel had spoken unto us, he departed. And after the angel had departed, Laman and Lemuel again began to murmur, saying, How is it possible that the Lord would deliver Laman into our hands? Behold, he is a mighty man, and he can command fifty, yea, even he can slay fifty, and then why not us? So was, before we start, is like, was there any verse that stood out to you? Um... There was one, if I can go back and find it. And it's a verse that hasn't really stood out to me in the past. This is like the only time I've ever really even really noticed it. Um, but it's verse 5. And it says, I'll just read it again. It says, And now, behold thy brothers murmur, saying it is a hard thing which I have required of them. But behold, I have not required it of them. But it is a commandment of the Lord. And here in Utah, you know, we're surrounded by people of the church a lot. 
But the job that I have, not very many people are members of our church. And a lot of times, they they don't understand. Um, and they, they ask me, oh, I, I couldn't do that. Why does your church ask you to do those things? Why does your church ask you to do those things? Uh, uh, and they're talking about all the commandments, but they, they don't understand the nature of the commandments. They All they think of is, oh, I like to do that thing, and that's a that's a hard... Why, why would you not be able to do that thing? They don't understand that it's it's not just some arbitrary commandment from some guy who leads the church. These are commandments from God. And um, he's someone that knows way more than we could ever know about what's good for us in our lives. And I think if they understood more about who God is and his relationship to us, um, they wouldn't ask that question. Um, because really, it's all about his love for us and what's best for us. And when you understand that, the commandments seem much less restricting and much less difficult to to keep. And going along with that, it's like in Doctrine and Covenants, I think section one, it does talk about how it was like, whether by my own voice or by the voice of my servants, is still the same. So it's like, it's, even if it's coming, which it's always going to be coming through our prophet today, President Nielsen, the words that they say is some of the same words that Jesus Christ would say for these people today. Yeah. Lehi didn't just arbitrarily say, oh, let's go, let's leave into the wilderness, and then turn around and say, oh, now you got to go back to the city. You know, the Lord had a timeline, and he had specific reasons why he wanted them to do that. And I think it's important to remember that, especially in our own lives, when we receive either revelation through prayer that maybe we weren't expecting, or... Um, yeah, or, or whether it's through one of his servants, such as a priesthood leader in our ward, or um, through general conference, or other other venues like that. It, they're not always easy commandments that we understand right away, but when we look through it, the context of who's really giving us these commandments, and what is their relationship to me, I think it makes it a lot easier when we keep that perspective. So, then verse 1. Any comments on that one? I know it's short, but it's... No. I think it's just kind of moving the story along explaining what's happening. In verse 2. Um, I think that it would be hard as Lehi, the father of this family, he would know that the reaction that his sons are going to have. Man, you just told us to leave Jerusalem and now you having a dream that says I have to go back to Jerusalem? Like, you're insane. I'm not doing that. But 
I think it speaks to the amount of faith that Lehi had that he could have this dream and still uh, and not be intimidated by the response that he knew he would get from at least from Laman and Lemuel. Because they did show later on that from where they are to where they had to go, it's over about almost 200 miles there and back. So it was like, imagine how long they would have been gone for. Cause yeah, that's probably like, I don't know, maybe 10 days journey, probably maybe more, depending on how much they wanted to travel every day. Um, 20 miles is a long way to go in a, in a day. So, and then continuing in verse three, I like the part that says, "Also a genealogy of my forefather." So not only did the the brass plates have the writings of Moses and two, it had their genealogy and stuff. I feel like even with the gold plates and all the plates they wrote, they probably had all their genealogy on there too. But obviously, I don't think we really we didn't get it, but we got like the most important things from what they taught. Yeah, Heavenly Father's pretty consistent in what he asks his prophets to do throughout time. And we see that in the um in the Old Testament, if you look in um you know, the records of the Jaredites in in uh the Book of Mormon, you know, you see those genealogies. Um, the Heavenly Father, and you see the importance of those. And we in this dispensation, maybe don't have them collected into, um, you know, a book of scripture, but we do keep our genealogies. And, you know, it's interesting to see that how consistent he's been with those commandments and the family history that he had them doing as well as us. And continue on to verse 4. Verse 4. Um, I like the part that says, and seek the records. You need to go seeking for them. You have to yeah, not say, try to get the records. You have to actually go. Because it says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So like they want them to look for the records with like they're all the heart, mind, and strength. Yeah, for sure. Um, we already talked a little bit about verse 5. Um, verse 6, I think that's so important, um, is not complaining about things. Uh, so much of whether or not we're going to be happy in this life is our attitude, how we approach the world every day. And if we approach the world and especially our religion and our observance of that religion and we're just complaining all the time, yeah, maybe we keep the commandments, but we're not going to be a happy person. And what's the point of keeping the commandments if we're not happy? You know, and I think, um, you know, Adam fell that men are and men are that they might have joy. And I think we should choose to be happy every day. And and I think it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. If you understand the purpose of the commandments, you understand 
maybe you don't fully understand the commandment. There's a lot of things that I don't fully understand that people are commanded to do. But you understand who it's coming from. And you... Sorry. Uh, you understand who that commandment's coming from and you keep that perspective. It's a lot easier to not complain. Because I like the part that said, and thou shalt be favored of the Lord. Is like, Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ love us all equally, but I feel like when it comes to certain tasks or certain things, He's going to favor someone more to do that task because they're more experienced in that task than someone else that hasn't ever done it before. I think it's just a fancy way of saying you're going to receive blessings for that. And it's not that God wants to bless one person more than another person. Um, it's that when you follow the commandments, He can bless you. Uh, Whereas, if you choose not to follow the commandments, you're not you're going to miss out on those blessings. And that's just, you know, the way God operates. And he can't, he can't be unfair. He's always fair with everyone. And I think that's a huge difference between the divine and the mortal um, aspects of the world. Is the divine is always fair with everyone. Whereas, in this mortal life... <laughs> Very little is fair, I feel like. <laughs> and then it goes on to verse 7, which is a really great scripture. It's like the first thing that Nephi said. It said, without hesitation, he, he probably knew it was like a super long journey to get back to Jerusalem. And said, hey, I'm going to go do this. This is for my my family and my people later down the the line. Yeah. Yeah, this this verse, you know, you could spend so much time just studying this verse and cross-referencing and, and finding um, new little things in this verse. And I, I think it's popular and um, for good reason because um, one of my favorite parts of it, it says... Um, that he, yeah, Nephi, Nephi says, yeah, I'll go, I'll go and do this thing. Um, but it's his faith that makes that conviction possible. It's his faith that God is, is going to help me. God is going to be there right by my side. And, and if we have that faith, we're not going to, we're not going to question the Lord because we're going to know that he's going to be here with us each and every day and that he's going to help us uh, accomplish it. I think a lot of times when we say, oh, I can't do that, that's a lack of faith and understanding because we're, what we're really saying is God can't do that with me. God can't do that with me. And I, it, it's lacking the knowledge and the faith that God can do what he says he can do. I don't know if that makes sense, but. <laughs> and in verse 8, he was happy. His father was happy when he said that. He was like, and Heavenly Father was probably happy too when he said something like that. It's like, even though our Father in Heaven, sometimes he obviously knows what choices we're going to make later down the line, but. Once he said it, it's like I feel like he's a lot more happy from us choosing that path because sometimes you might choose 
the other path or another path and go on to a different route. Yeah. Verse 9. I don't really have anything for verse 9. It's, it's more of just progressing the story along. And then the same thing. Then what about 11? Uh, yeah, 11 is more just them figuring out who was going to go up to the to the house and I think I don't know maybe it's a reason why they failed at first is they weren't relying on the Lord they were just going by luck <laughs> they didn't say what what do you want us to do to finish this problem? And maybe Heavenly Father, maybe they did ask and Heavenly Father didn't answer them and wanted them to, you know, use their own intellect and, and solve this problem. But I feel like they were just kind of going at it haphazard and saying, and being kind of scared. They were being fearful rather than faithful. Uh, and they just said, oh, we only want one person to go up. Um... Sorry, we got interrupted, but yeah, just that they were, it was more fear motivated that nobody wanted to go into the house, and so, and so they cast lots instead of being faithful and um, trusting the Lord. And then going on to 12, one thing that just I thought, and he said, Laman said, and he desired of Laban the records, he desired it, so it's like... In some ways, it's interesting on what Laman and Lemuel do and stuff, because when you desire something, it means you really want it or really need it and stuff. So it was like, that just struck me as like, because somehow he had somewhat of a testimony about keeping a record and stuff at that moment in time. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And 13? Um... 13, I think it really just illustrates what type of person uh, Laban was. Uh, he, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to listen and, you know, I think that Lehi knew, Lehi was a prominent person in, in that city and and he was of the same house as, as Laban. You know that because Laban was entrusted with the, those those plates. And it was the same genealogy as as Lehi was. And so um, I think Lehi definitely knew who he was sending his his sons to. And that must have been, been difficult. And then for... 14 as I was reading I liked it because the part that stood out was my brother were about to return unto my father until the wilderness is like that's the first thing they want maybe maybe not one of the things they wanted to do but it's like Laman Lemuel in previous chapters talked about how he he was a visionary man and stuff and said all those things is like but hey they wanted to shows like in 13 and in 14 he they still cared about his his family 
wanted to help out their family and stuff. Yeah. I think it's like they wanted to do the least amount possible. They were scared, and so they just said, oh, we tried. They threw up their hands and, oh, we're done now. We, we can go back. We try. We can. We can tell our dad that, you know, we tried to get him, but Laban wouldn't give him to us. So, so we're done. And I think Nephi's response has has so much faith, um, because he didn't come down to Laban, um, you know, in fifteen. He didn't. He's he didn't come down. Just to satisfy the wishes of his father. He came down because he was commanded by the, by God. And he was going to accomplish that. Um, whether it killed him or not. And then it continues in 16. He said, let us be faithful in keeping the commandments of the Lord. They're like, there's like the Ten Commandments. There's obviously the word of wisdom, love, chastity, the tithing and stuff that we all have. But I feel like he gives us each of us sometimes our own personal commandments like through a prompting or something to do that day or an answer to a prayer is like because I feel like some people think commandments are those big big things that you have to do but it's like they can be small things too yeah for sure um 17 is just reiterating what we already knew and 18. Um, I think it's just emphasizing, you know, the speed with which they had to leave. Um, you know, the, they weren't, they weren't, they had a lot of stuff, you know. And I, I think to myself, would I be willing to leave behind all of that? Um, if I was asked by the Lord. And, and you know, I don't know. Maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. I like to think that I would have the strength to do that. But, but I don't know. I guess to me, sometimes I feel like in some instances you might know. But some instances you might not know. If you are giving certain promptings. Because one... One prompting I got out on my mission, it was for the randomest thing. I said, I did it, didn't really know, I just did it. And it's like, didn't really get something from it. I said, hey, but I still followed the promptings and got promptings later on. I don't know what the prompting was, but it was like, hey, give this pers this thing a call. It was like, that, that person? I was like, okay. And then verse 20. Um, I just think how important it was them that they had the scriptures. Um, you, if you think how much different the whole Book of Mormon, the whole story of the Nephites and the Lamanites would be if they didn't have the brass plates and they didn't have the commandments and uh, you know they 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 wouldn't have had the gospel and. Uh, I think it illustrates to us how important, you know, little things. Maybe we don't understand the importance of those actions like you were talking about. But 
but uh, it's so important that we that we follow those those little commandments. In verse twenty-one, I don't have anything for twenty-one. Just reiterating that it said, "Hey, just keep the commandments that He has given to us in this day." And then twenty-two. Yeah, I think it just illustrates how how really rich they were. And again, how hard that would be to leave all of that behind. And also could show you that there's when it comes to certain things, there's not always just one way. There could be multiple ways to get it. So the first thing they tried is, hey, let's go talk to him. Second thing they tried was let's use all our inheritance to get this back. So it's like it shows that there's multiple ways of doing certain things. Some people might read the scriptures differently. Some might take the notes in their scriptures or take notes in a notebook and stuff differently. And I think it gives perspective on Laman and Lemuel because I think they get a really bad reputation and for good reason. They complained a lot. <laughs> constantly. But they were asked to do some really hard things. And I think I would be probably a lot more like Laman and Lemuel than I'd like to think, you know. And, you know, everybody hopes that they would be Nephi and, and Sam and Jacob. But, but, you know, they were asked to leave a nice life where they had a lot of nice things. And go, go into the wilderness with their dad who's having dreams. You know, and it would take a lot of faith to be able to do that, especially without complaining. So I think how important it is that we pray and get a confirmation for ourselves when we're asked to do something, um, as Nephi did. And then 23, not really much in... I get how that one. Anything for you? Then 24? Mm -hmm. 24. No, it's just explaining what they were doing going up to the house and, and trying to buy the plates of brass. Um, 25, the same. Uh, Laban is... You know, one of the oldest, one of the the things from the the oldest sins. Sorry, I was stumbling over my words. You know, greed. That's what he he saw and he wanted it and he was gonna take it. He said he did lust after it. Yeah. I think yeah, like the first thing he did was he tried he cast them out. It's like when you're greedy for something, you said. You push everything else away, you... It's like... Yeah, kidding. being greedy is not the best thing, but sometimes, just on the opposite side, you can be somewhat greedy in a good way when it comes to reading the scriptures, like, hey, you're wanting to learn more and everything, but doing that can doesn't mean you're always going to receive the answers or... 
make new questions or learn new things until the certain time that the Lord needs to teach you. And 26. Um... No. Dang it, you know, <laughs> we failed a second time. Um, it's just, they've got to be disheartened at this point. And then, yeah, after that, they just fled into the wilderness. I'm always interested how sometimes they flee out in the wilderness and then they are never found. Like, obviously, he said, we hid ourselves in the cavity of a rock, but it's like, I feel like, like, one thing that I heard about one person, don't quote me on this, is like, when he was, he was on a mission to destroy any building, like, I think it was during World War Two or something, like, or during another war, that one person was flying over, and he saw the temple, the temple over at Hawaii, and then as he was flying back around, he didn't see it at all or anything. So and then eventually he became a member of the church and he talked about, hey, I was commanded to bomb this place and stuff. So like, talking, going to that one is like, I feel like the Lord can hide us from the presences of the adversary at times that we really need it and stuff. True, he can. He, uh, he can protect us. Um, but I also think it's important to remember that, um, I don't know, President, not President, uh, Elder Holland's talk, um, from October 2020, um, he really talked about how, yeah, you know, Heavenly Father does perform miracles and he does save people from things, um, but he says, you know, for every Nephi and Lehi, that were saved in the midst of the flames and in the midst of the spirits, you know, there's a there's an Abinadi who, though he was righteous and I'm sure he didn't want to be destroyed, was burned at the stake. And, you know, sometimes we have to wait on the Lord's timing for, for a miracle. And sometimes you have to wade through a lot of suffering to get to that point. But there's a purpose in that suffering. Um, and, uh, you know, the the plan of salvation is so, it covers everything. But uh, sometimes it's, it's not very much fun to live through um, that suffering. But if we can keep the eternal perspective and remember why we're going through these trials, to grow and learn and become more like Heavenly Father and Jesus, Jesus Christ. You know, the Laman and Lemuel and, and their brothers probably weren't having very much fun, but but there was a purpose why they had to go through these trials. And in verse 29. 29. You know, they... The angel did come, and he was so, why are you hitting your younger brother? Like, he's leading you out. Every time you have a, have a complaint, he has an answer for you. And 
he's he you're older you're supposed to be more experienced you're supposed to be helping your younger brother not not complaining at every corner and now you're beating them this is just we can't have this uh, we you need to get this done and uh, you, you guys need to repent or some bad things are gonna happen and uh, and then I think in 31 they go and they they start complaining again right as soon as the angel leaves they are complaining right like that and again I think it's easy to to look at Lemon Lemmy and be like, oh my gosh, that is so frustrating that they're complaining again right after they just see an angel. But I do the same thing. The spirit will come and, and a prompting will come to me of, of something that I need to do and and I'll just turn around and I'll be complaining again and I'll, or, or I'll... Or I'll not, or I'll just forget instantly. Uh, I won't write it down. I won't capture that that prompting, and um, it's really it's a lot easier than 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 you would think to to go right from a spiritual high into into sin right over again. And so we need to be careful to not be like that, for sure. There's one thing I just pulled up from a talk given back in 2001 by H. Ross Workman. He talked about, uh, he said and says, Next excuses, behold, he is a, a lame man in Lemuel, saying this, Behold, he is a mighty man and can command 50, yea, even he can slay 15, and why not us? He said, finally, they were slothful, filled with anger, resentment, and excuses, and lame and lame. Lemuel waited by the walls of Jerusalem while the faithful Nephi accomplished the work of the Lord. The Lord has spoken against this attitude in our day. But he that doeth not anything until he is commanded, and receiveth the commandment with doubtful heart, and keepeth it with slothfulness, the same is damned. Yeah. Is there any other comments you want to share with? No. I just, I really love the story. And... I am very grateful that Nephi was who he was, so I could learn so much from him. Anything going along with that in my last in the last chapter? We, the last time I like with Tommy, we talked about how almost every single time Lyman and Lemuel started murmuring, it's a bigger, almost a bigger thing that they that either Nephi or the Lord had to do to convince them to come back. It's like bigger every single time to do. Things is like, and is there is there any questions that you want the people to think about on this chapter? Just, you know, go back and reflect and think about times. Think about your attitude. Yeah, I think, I think that's kind of been a theme of what I've been thinking about today is how am I approaching the things that the Lord wants me to do. Am I complaining about it? Am I am I doing it, but am I dragging my feet the whole way? Um, when I need to just have a good attitude, go out and do it and, and be happy. 
instead of instead of grumbling and murmuring the whole way. I think a lot of people would be happier if they could have Nephi's attitude instead of Laman and Lemuel's. But it is harder than than you might think. So something I need to work on for sure. But yeah, I want to challenge everyone to like going along with what Jared said is having an attitude of gratitude. That can get you a long way, either choosing to be happy or not happy in a day. Because I can promise you, if you have more gratitude in your life, you're going to be able to see those blessings in your life. You're also going to be able to have more, more meaningful prayers. I also want to invite you to follow me on my Instagram account, which is at Cade, K-A-D-E, com, C-O-M-M, Gospel Topics. Feel free to share your comments on this post or on this podcast, and I hope you really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Uh, yep, I want to leave that with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.